morning, and welcome to your morning cup of Joe with your hosts Tyler and JT. Today is Friday, April fourteenth, and uh, happy Friday, everybody. Yeah. So, Derek Ty here, giving you a little intro on what we do at the Morning Cup of Joe. We like to basically give you a couple, couple news stories, maybe some tech news, maybe some space news. Basically, just trying to keep you informed. You know, three times a week. So for today, what do we got? A few stories, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, touch on a, a little bit of everything. We've got less Trump news than we normally do, but don't worry, we've still got some Trump news in here. Uh, a little bit of news from NASA. Ooh. Um, yeah, some. We've got a, a bombing that we we're gonna talk about, which is kind of interesting. Um, a little bit of news from Syria. Some. Some social media news coming out of Instagram. Some fast food choice news is coming out of uh, coming from Burger King. But uh, wow, we got a very diverse set of news today. Yeah, we're all over the place. Normally, we're we're Trump, 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 but today it's a little different. Um, but to kick it off, we're gonna we're gonna start by talking how the European Court decided to strike down a previous uh, rule that stated as long as if you wanted to change your gender on a government-issued document, it's like, so if you were transgender and you wanted to become a woman or if you wanted to become a man legally on your driver's license, you had to get sterilized in, in almost, uh, I think it was 22 European countries. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that was still going on. Yeah, and in some cases, it was as intense as actually getting your genitals removed. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, scary. So, so it looks like they've striked this down, and it's no longer a requirement. Yeah, they um, well. There was a, there were three French people who took it, took this to court. They didn't want to get sterilized. And then the European Court of Human Rights actually ruled in their favor and was like, yeah, we need to, we need to get rid of this. So they, they decided that it wasn't, it was against human rights to force sterilization upon anyone um however they they do still a lot of places still require that you get uh, a medical exam and a mental health diagnosis if you want to switch your gender on on government issued document documents interesting so like i i kind of am okay with the uh like the exam or whatever uh the medical or the mental health diagnosis or medical medical exam beforehand because it is a very big thing and I know like people probably want to you know change or whatever but I mean I think having a mental health diagnosis is the right thing to do beforehand but I think the sterilization thing such a good thing that they're no longer requiring it yeah it's pretty I was I was mostly shocked that they still forced that to happen Honestly, when you brought this up, I was surprised that it's, yeah, it was even a thing still. I, I didn't even realize in 
you know, European countries, which you think are almost on par with the United States, that this just wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um, And the United States, I think, is a little bit ahead of the game here. In the United States, to get federal documents changed over, like a passport, you don't need any proof that you changed genders. But in about half of the states, you need to have proof of surgery. But that's it. You just need to be like, hey, now I'm a guy. Or, hey, now I'm a girl. And they'll be like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they'll they'll switch your gender. Well, but go good, USA. Yeah, good. Uh, but that's a huge step for the LGBTQ community in Europe. So love to yeah. hear it. I do too. It's great. Let's move on to some some more news across the sea uh, over in Syria. Uh, basically, we have Assad coming out and having an interview. And this interview is basically... It was set up by the Syrian government. So they basically invited these journalists to come listen to this interview but the thing was they didn't let any of the journalists actually film so this was filmed through a government you know agent and through government facilities and stuff like that so take it at what it is and while interviewing Assad comes out and says the chemical attack was 100% a fabrication 100% they did not use chemical weapons and in their history, they have never used chemical weapons. Oh, but okay. <laughs> if, if, yeah, if you remember, only three years ago, they had an attack. Okay, f- about four years ago now. It's 20, 2013. There was an attack that killed around 1,400 people. And then this is right around the time that the U.S. actually put sh- sanctions on them and tried to get rid of their chemical weapons. So Assad comes out, says all this stuff, and people are kind of scratching their heads because, well, you know, they have used chemical weapons before. Even their closest ally, Russia in this case, uh, agreed that chemical weapons were used. Now they said, you know, Syria bombed a chemical weapons plant that belonged to the rebels, but they still agreed that, you know, chemical weapons were used. Uh, I I don't know, JT. This just is like, it's like Trump claiming fake news when it's just like, uh, there's pretty there's evidence. Yeah, there's there's some pretty substantial evidence to to say that this was the Syrian government using chemical weapons. Um, mainly because a lot of the people who died had you know, chemical, like they died because of chemical weapons, I guess. So it's pretty, it's pretty funny that he's just like, no, like, but that's all he, but that's all he has is he's like, no, no, that no. And there's no, (laughs) he can't really do much else other than just flat out deny it. Well, even when, I mean, even when Russia is coming out and saying, Hey, this was definitely a chemical weapon. He, I mean, and 
he might have a point that saying this was a terrorist attack instead of the government attacking him, but even there, I don't think he's got much of a case. Yeah, I think it would have been better for him to almost side with the Russians and say, hey, we did launch a missile or launch a bomb or something, but it landed on some sort of chemical plant, which was the cause of this chemical chemical weapon. In that case, he could have like a little bit more room to move here instead of just completely denying that there is chemical weapons uh, when the you know proof is pretty much out there that some sort of sarin gas was used. Yeah, um, I know he's he's trying to get some sort of totally impartial, independent investigation on their to to be put in place with this, but I think there already are some, and the evidence doesn't look great for him. It does not, but not at all. What are you gonna do? Um, moving on. <laughs> the United States on Thursday, which was yesterday, dropped yes. the largest non-nuclear bomb in Afghanistan, um, which is, you know, great. The just, <laughs> just almost a week after, maybe a week exactly after bombing Syria, we bombed Afghanistan. Wait, wait, hold on. Can we can we say what the name of the bomb is? Do you want it or do you want me to do it? <laughs> I'll do it. I think it's awesome. Right, it's, it's known as the MOAB, so M-O-A-B, which is Massive Ordnance Air Blast. But it is more referred as the Mother of All Bombs, which is just an awesome name. Yeah, and rightly named, it is a 21,000-pound conventional bomb it required a u.s air force c-130 cargo plane to drop it and to put that in perspective the united states when the united states bombed syria they launched 59 tomahawk cruise missiles and each tomahawk cruise whistle wow whistle missile (laughs) weighed about weighed about 1,000 pounds so Jeez. Yeah, about a, about eleven tons of of warhead put on this missile. And was it targeting ISIS? Was that um, the target of this? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I just realized I didn't explain why we did it at all. We <laughs> were just <laughs> dropping bombs. We're just bombing shit, just a bomb shit. We believe that we're trying to expose an ISIS cave complex underneath uh, in the ground. So we, we had some pretty good evidence that this area had underground caves and tunnels that ISIS was using to move around. That would make sense. That would make sense why we needed such a big bomb, uh, basically because I don't think the Tomahawks would have done much to get into the ground if they're trying to target some tunneling system. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know why they went as big as they did because I think this was the the biggest I mean this was the first time we've ever used this missile. We tested it one time in two thousand three, but we've never never dropped it. Ooh, well that's interesting. Huh. 
I wonder if Trump was just like, hey, this missile thing is fun. Oh, funny you mentioned that. Oh, really? Yeah. So they when asking Sean Spicer about this attack, um, mm-hmm. Sean Spicer never said whether or not President Trump personally approved the use of the bomb. So they're saying that they don't know how far up the request went before they were just like, ah, screw it, let's do it. Oh, wow. So it might not have actually went to the president. Right. It might have just been all a lower ranking. Yeah, it might have Which, just hung around the Pentagon for a while. I guess that that's okay because, like, you know, maybe this isn't such a large incident where, you know, there's not going to be much political backlash or anything like that. And then also maybe there's a time-sensitive time matter where – you know, they were trying to hit this at a certain point. If they waited too long, something might have not gone the way they wanted. So, huh. Very interesting to see that, you know, Spicer wouldn't back that up. Yeah, it was, that's kind of, kind of interesting. But it brings us to our next point. More Trump news. More Trump news. And it's, I'm, I'm just going to say it again, like I've said it for the past couple times we've, recorded there's a lot of flip-flopping going on here in the in the government there's a little pivot a little bit of pivot from you know what he said on the campaign trail to now what his actions are yeah i think he's starting to oh well, i'm going to talk about it before we start giving opinions <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret so when trump was campaigning he base he said that nato was obsolete. However, he came out and said NATO is no longer obsolete and he is especially in the way that they handle the threat of terrorism. So he told like that is a total 180 compared to what he was saying during his campaign which is kind of interesting to me, but I, it, it also shows kind of, it, it backs what he's been doing in the past couple of weeks with his involvement in the Middle East a little bit more. It definitely falls in line, yeah, with his outward reaching momentum that he's starting to create a little bit. Uh, you know, started in Syria and is continuing a little bit. Uh, but de- like you said, 180 degree turn from what he was used to saying. Because uh, if I do believe correctly, he almost wanted to pull out of NATO um, or something like that, where he wanted these other countries to pay up, you know, pay their price and all this stuff. And he did say it was NATO was obsolete. Uh, so it's actually, I'm happy that he's now seeing the actual rewards of NATO and seeing how it is sort of integral to keeping peace and uh, helping us out. Yeah. I mean, with some, and and rightly so, with some of the things he said about NATO, how most of the, uh, most of the countries aren't paying their, their fair share, which is 2% of their GDP. Um, he, I, I mean, he did, he built the president of Germany. Or the, <laughs> he tried to. Yeah. So 
which is unbelievable. But Germany did actually come up, come forth and say, yeah, we'll we'll get our our spending up to two percent by twenty twenty four. And so I think. I I I actually my question here isn't so much about this for you, Ty, but I think I'm gonna ask you. Do you think this is going to be a pattern? Do you think we're just going to see Trump pulling back on all of the promises he made before or some of the things he said before once he realizes more and more what happens in the government? I I do think we're going to see that. Just because and I don't think it's exclusive to Trump even though Trump did make some pretty wild claims on the campaign trail. I think that a lot of a lot of presidents that come into office have said things and plan on doing things, but once they actually realize the full weight of the situation, you know, whatever it is, their mind changes and they have to adapt to actually, you know, what's possible and what they can do. So I think he's, there's going to be a couple other things. I'm not really sure what at this point, but I'm sure we'll see some more flip-flopping um, and sort of changing his tone for where... His campaign trail tone was sort of, you know, get me elected, all this stuff for America. And now he's sort of doing less popular things, but things that are better for the U.S. Yeah, that's uh, that that's to say the least. I, I think that that's probably true, too. I think you'll we'll see we'll see a little bit more of this before it ends up figuring itself out. I think for any president, it's hard to keep most of your claims. Yeah, you got to worry about getting elected before you you do shit. That is true. You know who doesn't have to worry about getting elected? Who's that? Saturn, Saturn. planet. <laughs> Saturn, just the entire. It's it already got picked. <laughs> Saturn is already the president of Saturn. Okay, so we're talking about the planet. In our solar system, exciting news coming out today uh, from NASA. Actually, one of their satellites out in space picked up some interesting news on one of the moons of Saturn. So an icy white moon that's orbiting Saturn. Uh, NASA concludes that there have been signs uh, for the right conditions of life. And what exactly they mean by that is... They have found hydrogen molecules actually spewing out of the moon, and this suggests to them that there are hot spots uh, within this, I guess, world's sort of hidden oceans that are on the surface. Um, technically, you know, they're all icy, but underneath there's like hot spots and stuff like that. Really cool stuff. Um, I don't know that like. What do you think, JT? I any thoughts? I it's well, it's shocking because it's coming out of Saturn. You don't we the only thing that I've ever heard about Saturn <laughs> is that it has the cool gas rings around it. But I haven't like it's just been that for as long as I can remember. It's always been Mars, and that's it. Actually, it's been Mars yeah, and the Moon for say. a while. We only really pay attention to Mars, but it, because it's the closest. Yeah, but it, it's it's just funny that now we're like oh wait saturn maybe yeah it's it's very cool um they're saying that these hot spots could be the perfect places for small organisms so like bacteria and other stuff like that um and they're predicting that 
these oceans or potential oceans on this moon might have hydrothermal vents, which are basically like underwater geysers that sort of move this water or this hot lava or whatever it is under the surface and then spew this hydrogen out of it. So really cool stuff. Also, we got really lucky with this discovery. Um, the spacecraft that was actually used to make this discovery uh, is going out of service on April 22nd. Whoa. So, so literally, you know, less than about a week to go, uh, we get this news and then the actual satellite is going to start its grand finale and start winding down its lifespan. So great job. You know, it's never over till it's over. Well, hopefully we kind of have started the right step towards finding a new planet to move to. I, I hope so. We'll but for now, we're stuck on Earth and all we have is social media. And boy, oh boy, do we have social media. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> So everyone's favorite social media site, Facebook... And we know that Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg bought Instagram. And now if you've been on Instagram anytime in the last couple of months, you've seen that Instagram has done Instagram stories, which is a blatant copy off of Snapchat. Oh, completely. Oh, it, it's unbelievable. Actually, dude, I don't know if you saw this, but Facebook is doing stories now too. Oh, yeah. They put it, you know, there's stories. There's a joke going around the internet where it's, you know, Facebook's adding stories to everything. You know, there's like stories you'll see in like just every single app you use because it's becoming so popular. Uh, and Facebook actually was blatantly <coughs> obvious about it. They didn't even try to hide the fact that they're copying stories from Snapchat. They shouldn't because they're doing so well. As a matter of fact, Instagram stories now have over... 200 million users per day, which is, which tops that Snapchat had in the, in the end of 2016, Snapchat had about 158 million users per day. And that's taking into considerations of people who use Snapchat daily. And okay. it's just the Instagram stories that have over 200 million users a day. So, <laughs> so yeah. Instagram has more total users using one feature of their app than Snapchat has users total. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So Zuckerberg is doing something right. Yeah, he made, he made the best investment ever when he bought uh, Instagram for a billion dollars. He only bought it for one bill? For one billion dollars. People called him crazy at first because he bought this team. You know, it was, I think, around 13 people at the time. The app was around one year old, and he bought it for a billion dollars. Well, he's um, he's doing something right because he must have... I mean, he's probably, you know, they're probably worth 40, 50 billion dollars now. You got to think. I mean, Snapchat IPO'd for around 200. Or, uh, they have... Around 160 million users, and they IPO'd for, I think, around $20, $24 billion. So Instagram has around 600 million users. So, I don't know, $60 billion is their value, maybe? 
Yeah. That's incredible. So many people. <laughs> but, yeah, it's insane. But I get it. I, I love Instagram. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's my it's probably my favorite social media, I would say. It's up there. I mean, Snapchat, uh, I don't know. Snapchat's got my heart too. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but do you know you know what else is going on in the world of I guess you could call it social media. You know, it's making its rounds through Twitter and other stuff right now. Um, Burger King came out with a new ad. And, you know, it's like a normal ad. It's about 15 seconds long. Uh, They basically, you know, have this guy in a Burger King shirt in a Burger King store talking about a Whopper. But the controversial thing with this is at the end of the ad, the Burger King employee says, okay, Google. And then at this point says the phrase, what is the Whopper burger? What happens if you have this ad playing on your TV and you have a Google Home, which is like an Amazon Alexa, which I think people know more of, it will hear this command and repeat back to you the Wikipedia entry for a Whopper burger. So a lot of people got mad because, you know, they didn't want their TV actually calling out commands through their home device jt do you have an alexa or a google home i don't have a google home but i do have an android phone phone that will respond to the okay google oh interesting and um have you tried out playing the video i did and... i did and it it worked <laughs> and it is hilarious but <laughs> marketing geniuses at burger king it it is appalling unbelievably genius that they did this and i can't believe they were i can't believe they were the first ones but i guess somebody had to have thought about it well i think the first people that actually accidentally set this off was google i think they had a video prompting you know or uh showing off their new google home and in the ad it said someone was like okay google and it set off a bunch of Google Homes. So it was sort of a matter of time before, you know, another marketing agency was like, hey, we can use this to get some attention. Yeah, and that's, that is dangerous. Because if it people is. start using it, if people start using it, that's all commercials are going to be now. It's okay, Google, <laughs> or Alexa, tell me, something like that. And We'll so, have to figure out how to how to stop that from happening. Yeah, I mean... Keep your, keep your, I don't even, what are they called? Like home secretaries, what are they called? Uh, home assistants, I guess you could home say. Home assistants, keep them Personal old. assistant, I don't know. Um, voice assistants, I don't know. Whatever, Ooh, keep keep those things. Keep one. your Google Homes and your Amazon Echoes or Alexas away from, away from your TV and radio because people are going to make them talk. They will. And that's all the news we have today. But we're going to finish with our favorite segment. I'm sorry. What? I love it. Everybody loves it. It's great. I got a good one. I think it's, I hope you haven't heard this one before. So, uh, Nikola Tesla. Do you know who that is, JT? I do. Okay. Well, for the people that don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me anyway. (laughs) He was an inventor. And his inventions include things like the Tesla coil, the uh, 
electronic oscillators, um, and other things, and x-rays, and radios, remote controls, and so on and so forth. Anyways, you know, he was really famous at the time for inventing things. People knew him as an inventor. Well, later on in his life, he actually had some financial tr- financial troubles, and he was in debt. He couldn't pay off certain things. One of the things he couldn't pay off was a very large bill at a hotel. So his thinking was, hey, you know, I'll pay these people with a death ray. And this was an invention that he made and basically told the hotel manager, hey, here's this death ray. I invented it. It is extremely dangerous. It's also extremely valuable, but you cannot open it if you don't take the proper precautions because it could detonate and kill a lot of people. So basically the hotel manager took this death ray as payment for his hotel. So he was no longer um, asking Tesla for money. Well, Tesla actually died in 1943. The hotel still had this death ray, but they refused to open it because they were too scared during the time he was alive. So at this point, they call the FBI up and they say, hey, we want to open this up and figure out what it is. So... They get all these precautions, you know, they sit down, they like write their wills, they're like ready to die if they open this thing up and it blows up. They ended up opening it up and there was literally nothing in there. Oh my he, gosh. <laughs> he gave them a box and it was just an empty box, said it was a death ray and it was just empty. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that is the coolest thing that... Uh, Nikola Tesla's done that is, he's done so many cool things and that is the coolest thing he's done he just just was like hey I'm gonna throw something I'm gonna throw nothing in a box but close it up and then say hey this is worth a lot of money don't open it and they believed him can you imagine being as influential as he was to be able to just be like no like this I promise that this is awesome but you can't you can't do anything with it. Also, why would the hotel accept it? I don't know. Just I in mean, case they wanted to destroy all of humanity. <laughs> yeah, what are, what are they going to do with a death ray? Like <laughs> who knows? Who knows why they wanted that? Wow. Cool. Well, I liked it. Good job, Ty. Well, thank you. All right. Well, uh thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. And we'll talk to you on the